What's going on? Every buddy, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. Sports card cartel is here, and there will be no more defecating in these parts for now. Uh, no more washroom visits, I guess, ever. None. Awesome. Unless you've got <laughs> your slab stashed there. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about garbage? Um, well, something I've been noticing and something we were talking about briefly before the show started is uh, the sentiment around playoff baseball and baseball cards. Now, not to say that most people aren't hyped for baseball playoffs, which I've actually seen a lot of people talk about baseball playoffs. Maybe it's because a good chunk of our following um, or the people that we communicate with on a regular basis are Canadian. Um, And as a result of that, obviously the Blue Jays have made the playoffs for real and are playing at home for the first time in six years. Um, But, you know, I feel like at least over the course of the last two years, before this year anyway, every single playoff, before the start of the playoffs, there was a player to target, there was a team to target, there were several players that people were openly talking about and dealing. Uh, Some names that come to mind are Ronald Acuna, Tatis, of course, uh, Juan Soto, although both of those missed the playoffs recently. Um, I mean, Juan Soto's in the playoffs now, but before that, um, you know, we had people diving into, uh, I'm just trying to think here. Like I know Stanton got hot two years ago. Like there were players, Randy two years ago were taught was were talked about. There was a lot of hype, Pete Alonzo, uh, going into the playoffs, but, uh, first time they made it, there was a lot of hype around who to buy going into the playoffs. And I just don't think I've, I've heard one person talk about who they were picking up ahead of the playoffs. And, you know, it's funny because I almost like look to you because uh, in the past you've been very, um, let's say, adventurous with your playoff buys. I mean, I think you bought a Wandy. A Wandy? Did I say Wandy? Who was that pitcher that you picked up, PSA 10, that you were big on? The Brewers. Peralta. Peralta. Um, you know, you always have like these niche buys going into the playoffs. Uh, oftentimes they pan out. Sometimes they don't. Uh, but I haven't heard you talk once about a bat down Acuna or, um, you know, even a Juan Soto lately. Vladdy. I mean, Vladdy, the, the Jays are in the playoffs, you know, like it's just crazy that no one's talking about playoff baseball and cards. And if we look at where the play, baseball was at the beginning of the season, uh, with run-ups for guys like Juan Soto. I mean, we saw Jeff Wilson buy one. Um, Tatis, obviously, coming off an injury. coming, And then Acuna, coming off an injury, just won a chip. You just don't see that right now. And I think that kind of speaks to the current state of the market, where mm-hmm. people are pretty hesitant to pull the trigger on things that have a short window which actually might be a really good thing. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I did discuss Vladdy last episode. Um, yes. I, I was loading up on him. And again, I talked about how I was doing it more so because, look, loading up on Vladdy is a good idea for the, the, the duration potentially of his career, as long as he doesn't you know, suffer major injury or get busted for too much pie. But uh, other than that, you should always be loading up on Vladdy, and he was at a down point in the market. Uh, but that was also in line with the playoffs. I was trying to make some plays. Uh, I like the Mets. I like the Astros. I like the Jays. Uh, so that sort of thing. But you're right. There's not a lot of conversation. There's not a lot of discussion. You just, you're not seeing it. Yeah. The content. Um, and again, function of the fact that baseball had a rough year. Uh, it's it's just so bizarre. It's such a dichotomy given the, the, the judge and Pujol stuff. Yeah. And then the issues with uh, their young superstars and just the entire league faltering offensively. We came to find out, you know, it's funny. Earlier this year, I was like, you know, what's the deal with the pitchers in this league and their numbers? 
And then we saw this reversal and people don't like it. You know, I guess there's not a lot of value to pitchers with low ERAs and a lot of Ks. Uh, there's just so much offensive faltering in a league where there was so much excitement. I personally, this is, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to catch flack for this. I've just never been a Soto guy. I think he's incredibly athletic. I just, I'm, I was immediately drawn to Acuna more so than Soto. That's a whole, you could do like a three hour podcast if yeah. you want Soto versus Acuna, but um, just was never really excited about it. People that get traded, you know, they, there's also circumstances that lead to, lead to them getting traded. The teams and their people and their staff know more than we do. But um, Tatis, I was attracted to, obviously. I think both of us were. Yeah. But yeah. look at these loads of issues. And uh, baseball suffered this year as a result. I see, like, a lot of people are excited. They're talking about basketball. They're, obviously, we're talking about hockey. We just did our fantasy draft. Um, a lot of excitement with those sports. <clears throat> Football's happening. There's excitement based on the fact the season is starting. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's a general malaise. And baseball is catching – the brunt of it do you think there might be like a general malaise just in this world about everything i know that that's a crazy you know offshoot of everything no, no but- i mean i do agree with I, I i would agree with that because i mean we've got a war going on right now we're, uh, we're tired you know, of that. like we we're have like europe is you know going through a borderline energy crisis not borderline they are going through an energy crisis, going through an energy crisis. and uh, and the winter is you know not, not far away and you know they might not have heat which is terrifying yeah. um you see things that are usually ironclad in terms of either return on your investment or um like a safe haven to put your money like i mean that the the euro is not doing great right now i mean the us dollar is doing pretty well but um, gold not doing great, comparatively speaking. Stocks are not doing great one bit. Um, you know, and then you have the riskier investment classes like crypto. Uh, NFTs are virtually don't. I've have not heard one person talk about an NFT in. Again, you know, like I mean, like a whole the, other discussion that you know the you ML- I don't think ever really talked too much about that stuff because it's just not interesting in well sense. like so much so that the mlb has just partnered with so rare which is literally like uh it's like fantasy sports but like with trading cards uh virtual trading cards that um you know cost ethereum and you can compete in daily fantasy or weekly fantasy i don't know if they do daily fantasy yet but at the very least weekly fantasy and based on how your your card and your player performs you get rewarded other packs of players and and ethereum so like essentially Mm -hmm. like you know the the idea is that like you can make money off this uh much like fifa ultimate team to a certain extent um could be interesting could be top shot you know what uh, that stuff makes me think of is um it's uh number one primary competition which is online gambling yeah yeah which i actually find i see a lot more people doing lately like I see I a lot more, I see a lot more people posting bets and talking about well. bets. I see that as well. And maybe that's because it's a little more instant than yeah. than the card game is, right? And I mean, this is kind of it's like we 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 see this discussion a lot where people are like, you know, stock market versus cards, um, and you know, here are the I the ROI for stocks, and here's the ROI for sports cards over the past two years, even, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we talk about them like they're interchangeable in terms of their liquidity and it's super easy to move a sports card. But it really, I mean, you just mentioned to me how you think you might have missed the boat on a judge. Um, And and that's, you know, it's not, it's it's also because like there's certain things that happen and obviously like you can have a call on a stock. um, But, you know, you can't really retract the call if, if, if you've already like submitted. I mean, I guess you can um, my point is, it's not you can't liquidate as quickly as you think you can, right? Like, and so just because a guy's market is hot doesn't mean that you can catch the top top, you know, instantly. Um, and well, you also need to have a market full of buyers, and I think that that's true. Relating to what we started on talking about baseball and the lack of interest and that sort of thing is lack of buying. Yeah. Right? Now, do you? Which is. Uh, 
but there isn't a lack of buying going into the NHL season. I don't think. Um, because I think I, hockey has has shown itself. Things are moving. Be like a I, strong market in that sense because we're again like hockey is not the sport where you're hearing about six figure cards right out of the pack or it just seems a lot more calm in the chaos and a lot more consistent you have dedicated team fans dedicated player collectors you see their feeds um i i'm look am i way off by saying hockey pie is the most like dedicated feeds for like a player or a team could be off. I don't know, but there are a lot. Um, there's a lot of passion there and the market seems solid and there are buyers and people are buying the new product. They're buying uh, older product. I mean, speaking of buying hockey products, uh, you know, our, our boys over at hockey cards, gong show uh, made a pretty interesting post a few days ago. <laughs> and uh, they, they mentioned that, you know, out of a new hockey product, so that is 2021-2022, correct? Am I right? Um, and it yes. was exquisite. Um, you know, the, you're looking for rookie patch autographs of some prominent players. Uh, and the Dallas Stars in particular seem to have two pretty prominent young players in Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson. And there have been confirmed fake patches. So that, that would be 2021. 2021. 2021. You're right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's crazy that a product that just came out and maybe that's that's how they want to catch people sleeping. Like there are before and after pictures of these cards, um, you know, what the, the patch looked like previously and what it looks like after. And, you know, they all look like world class patches. And with so much card art these days, and I'm not blaming card artists by any means, but it, it kind of, you know, the, de the deconstruction of cards is probably more prevalent now than ever. Yep. Not, to, not to say that, not to say that people weren't doing this before because they were, and you can vouch for that. But I think it's, it's more common to deconstruct a card. I think it's more common to trim a card, to alter a card in any way, shape or form and so I think there's, there's, I don't know, a lot of people, but at the very least, there's a select group of, group of people that have gotten very comfortable um, with altering cards to the, the, the degree that they are swapping patches on very recent products. <clears throat> it's weird how it's like, I, I saw the, the prominent examples of patch switching for basketball only like recently, like in the last year or two. But like, cup patches being messed with i was familiar with because i myself was collecting cup and i know a couple of the biggest cup collectors there are so i would always be exposed to that material and it was happening a lot and i'm talking going back to patches that were produced in like 08 and earlier and i'm pretty sure someone out there has messed around with a crosby or an ovechkin patch i'm sure yeah um but it is, yeah, it's kind of shocking to see it happening so recently. Again, that's an indicator that the hockey market is active uh, and, uh, and lucrative. Um, people are aware of that. And they're aware of these collectors because I believe you, you mentioned it was a dedicated Dallas collector, right, that, that ended up with uh, the Robertsons. So Yeah, and, and the Ottingers, if I'm not, or Ottinger, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. And uh, there you go. I mean, that's uh, that's that's going to happen. That's uh, it's really depressing. We're we are on our way to a very depressing uh, conversation here, uh, so far. But that is the reality. Yeah, that's 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 what's happening right now. It's hopefully going to lead to some discussion about what Upper Deck can do about it, how they can track this, if there could be a better job creating a database. Uh, that conversation started because of the cup. These are future watch patches, right? I mean, I mean, also these, important. They, these weren't even future watch patches. These are like these are uh, ultimate, ult, uh, exquisite, exquisite. Are you sure? I thought I saw a future watch. I I don't think I've seen a future watch yet. I, I so um, I I've definitely seen like four exquisite patches that were all altered. <clears throat> right. Uh, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen the future watch yet, but um, yeah, that sucks for everybody. Ruins the card. Yeah. Um, and the question that keeps coming up is, I mean, there's two of them that a lot of people have been asking me. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts and opinions are on this is number one, um, you know, why do that to like a hundred dollar card or like a hundred and fifty dollar card? 
that well primarily because of the uh in, in the the value enhancement it is a real thing and again from firsthand knowledge from watching the way these high-end patch collectors behave for years uh i came to realize very quickly how important that was and that served me well in terms of not you know settling for less on really high-end logo patches nice so, looking patches eh yeah, there are there are dedicated logo patch collectors. A lot of them have a lot of knowledge. There are some databases that are compiled by collectors that are available online. So th those do exist. Um, I've seen them on certain cards. A lot of the out of ninety nine cards in the past years of the cup. Uh, that's important to them. They do they don't want a fake patch or a tampered with card. There is a huge premium on logos. Huge, huge premium. And um, now the second question I have is how do they get away with this? Like, is there not visible evidence of it? I mean, I guess you can't really chuck yeah. or see it like on an eBay store, you know, like they all kind of look the same on an eBay store. Relatively speaking, if you're not looking at the window, at the patch window, right? Like, yeah. I mean, unless they like trim the inside of the window or, I mean, I, I, we assume that whoever's doing this is doing a pretty good job of covering the tracks. I assume it's one or two people. Um, I've seen windows like the patch window exhibiting evidence, but like the ones that were posted, it's tough. It's tough just looking from the picture. But I got to think if I held it in my hand, got to think I'd be able to figure something out. I told you about one in which... Uh, another patch was glued on top of the existing patch because the existing patch was very deep set in the window. There's so many inconsistencies in the production of these cards. These are essentially cards that it's a different and more intricate process, right? There's a layer. There's, there's a couple layers. This is, this is the extent of my technical speak. There is a layer. Yeah. I do really well as like a, a, a copywriter for these AI companies that are claiming AI. I'd be like, what you do is you take the layer of immersion and then you extrapolate it to the angle of the exterior insertion um but you know there is a pro there's there's a deeper process to those thicker patch cards and um gotta think that you know I, I i would see something that would indicate it to me i certainly saw it with that one where it was a patch layered on top of the patch but again if i just kind of held that in front of you you'd be like hey that's a nice looking cup patch like how does someone prevent this from happening to them oh uh, see it's, it's it's especially tough if you're buying online um you know what the unfortunate reality is that's going to start happening with a lot of this stuff is just this concept that people are just going to be more cautious and therefore buying less or waiting not buying from you online waiting to go to a show and attempt it that way that which is unfortunate um, there may just be a general hesitancy the more and more these stories come out. And again, the hope that Upper Deck takes notice and comes up with some concept in terms of uh, ensuring it. Um, like add a, add a thin plastic layer on top of the window. I don't know. That wanna, might indicate tampering if you attempt to mess with it. Do you want a job at Upper Deck? You know? I think they need. I think they need some help. I think Beckett also needs some help. Right. I think a lot of people need a lot of help these days. And but there's there's going to be things where you're going to be like, why don't they have this issue covered? And again, just a reminder: we're coming off tops telling you they accidentally forgot to insert short prints, and then released, and then it released a brand new product of just short printed stuff. <laughs> And here's the reality. That logo fractor stuff, I'm sorry. It's beautiful stuff, by the way. If you guys haven't checked out the, the yeah. logo fractor, it is, it is gorgeous stuff. I mean, like, yeah. I'm not by in any way, shape, or form pumping this, but like if you go look at some of the videos or some of the pictures, videos, whatever, of some of these parallels in particular, the logo fractor parallels are beautiful. They really but, are. But the fact but, that they what's... created a brand new set when they didn't even give people what they were buy, I mean, like what they tried to buy initially. Like, like we know people that were talking about buying cases of this back in the summer or back in, you know what I mean? Like literally back in the summer and pre-order pricing was yes. through the roof. Yes. Yes. You know? So like, it's great that you want to send me a pack of a silver pack 
which by the way, I don't know if you saw, but some of the silver packs have uh, expired redemptions in them. Yeah, I saw the the Franco Sterling autograph. That's wild stuff, man. That's like, wild random stuff. Like, come on. It's bad enough that 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 redemptions expire, but like you're going to give them out in a product that you like drop the ball with. You know what I mean? Like it is wild random stuff, which is why is that happening? I I don't It's fun. Okay, that's fun content. It's a great story and I hope you tell your story coming up. But it's it's a fun story. It's it's wild stuff coming from large corporations. Ah, uh, this is the stuff that we all know doesn't get spoken of enough. You know, you know what's not great, even though the logo fracker stuff is great, is opening a box of hobby chrome and the centering on these cards. Um, the same way you're opening Panini product these days, and the the the, the damage right out of the pack, the dimples, the, the the quality control. It's not a case of like complaining, like, like, oh, someone, someone's just they just trying to find something to complain about. It's really bad. It's really bad. We have to take it. There's no other option. You're going to take it. We're some of the easiest pushovers that there are, man. We have to take it because there's no other option. If you like ripping and you like new product and you want to be one of these people that gets their hand on new product right away, you got to take it. There's no other company. I, I showed you guys, you know, series one upper deck uh, from this year. I showed you the, the base cards that are cut like a, like a zigzag. Like, what is that? There's only one job. They're not doing other things. They're not producing like um, they're, they're not an agricultural joint venture that also dabbles in microchip technology. They make hockey cards. Yeah. You make hockey cards. Your second set came out of Italy. <laughs> what is going on? And like the, 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 the texture of the packaging is different. And it's like, what, what is going on? And like, we don't ask, like, we're like, we're, it's all good. That's weird. Italy. That's weird. Zigzag diamond cut exclusive cards. I mean, I've put my foot down. You haven't, but I, the last box I bought was like a <laughs> 2020 tops Chrome Bundesliga for soccer. And I pulled the biggest card I've ever pulled in my life. Uh, I mean, if you look at the comps now, they're not as expensive, but at oh, the this time back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. This is about a year and a half ago, man. a year and a half ago. I and I pulled and like, all of the hits had this like peeling at the back. I hit literally an out of 50 auto of Gio Reyna. And at the time, the guy was literally the hottest prospect in soccer. And one had closed for like $1,500. And like, I know some of you are on here and, and have probably hit bigger cards. But at the time, this was a massive card for me to hit. Yeah, that was really on. Massive card for me to hit. Um, You know, it was in the height of grading. And, uh, you know, I had to put in a one touch. And there's nothing wrong with putting in a one touch. Um, But... It just, you know, to get something with a noticeable, I, you know, being off center is one thing, but like a noticeable defect where like part of the car is peeling. And, you know, the only way that you get a replacement card, which, by the way, if you haven't tried to go through the replacement process, it is not pleasant, especially with tops. You have to keep all of your your wrappers, your original box. You have to keep your original receipt. Um, you have to then ship that to them while also filling out this this sheet of paper and including the card in it. And uh, you're not guaranteed to get that same card back. I mean, they give you a replacement card. And I, all I wanted was my card to be the same card, but just, you know, not destroyed. And, uh, you know, that, that wasn't a possibility. As a result of that, I decided to keep my card. Um, but it, it, they definitely don't make it easy to get replacements you know, Upper Deck, I, I will say, is incredible at, at, at replacement. Upper Deck would be the best of the bunch, and it, Tops would easily be the worst, although I don't have much experience with Panini. Yeah, me neither. Um, but like I said, I mean, I will say Tops is Tops um, um, Upper Deck has been, every time someone tells me that, that they send in a replacement, like, it's, it's at their door within, like, two months. And, uh, I mean, that's, you know, speaks volumes. At least they're doing that right, at the very least. It could be worse. You know, you could get a, a hit from a pack and never get a replacement for it. And, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm sure a bunch of people who tune in and, and collect basketball and, and football know very much about, you know, you just if you hit something with with Panini, you're just kind of stuck with it because there's no replacement cards. There's no redemptions. Even they're not fulfilling redemptions like right. they offer you points. 
and they'll send you additional packs for you to do the same thing all over again. So, <laughs> uh, that's on a lighter note. On a lighter note, uh, I, was I was telling Cartel a story before we started, and he's like, "You know, you have to tell that story on the podcast." And uh, full disclosure, I had every intention to do so anyway. But so I was walking down the street today. It must have been twelve thirty in the afternoon, and I was about to go to the grocery store. So I had like. Uh, Bag, bag on me and I wasn't really paying attention to where I was going and we walk by this Italian restaurant obviously we is my friend and I are walking down the street I walk by this Italian restaurant with a patio yeah, don't make it sound like the cartel and coach co are just no, walking no. around Toronto no, 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 no. hand no. in hand going to an yeah. Italian restaurant yeah yeah so I was walking by this Italian restaurant and uh, there's a patio in this Italian restaurant at this Italian restaurant there's no one at the patio because it's currently three degrees in Toronto and um, I, I had just I bypass I walk past this patio every single time I I go either I leave my house or I go home, and my friends like hey like you collect hockey cards right and I was like yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's like isn't that a hockey card on the table over there, and uh, there was no one around I looked around you know literally nobody, and I was like. Yeah, but it's probably like a base card. And I just assumed that, you know, someone had left their base after opening a pack of cards. And um, I was like, you know, what you're really looking for are, are young guns. And as I was saying that, I was kind of leaning in to see what the card was on the table. And it was a Quinton Byfield young guns. And so that would um, be like a top three from series two, two, two. So Maybe like a top five of the entire set? Not a massive, massive card to find, you know? But, like, comps on eBay are, like, $25 Canadian. At the very least, it is a wonderful story. Uh, it made my day. So, I mean, whoever whoever left that there, um, I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled, you know, I was looking at it. I mean, Cartel and I were talking about potentially submitting that thing to SGC. Yeah. Uh, ultimately... In all, even though we're having all these conversations about, you know, look what look at this market, and you know, people aren't buying this, and there's fake patches here, and all this stuff. At the end of the day, I mean, this moment where I found this card was, you know, why I'm in the hobby and why I continue to be in the hobby, and I will continue to be in the hobby for, you know, hopefully till I die. Um, and and that is like there is such immense joy that comes from just whether it be acquiring, whether it be finding, like there are so many times where I sift through the stuff that I already own. And I almost forget that I have certain things. You ever do that? Where you sift through the stuff that you have and you're like, man, I completely forgot that I own this. And it's like, one of my favorite things. you Actually. appreciate it all over again. You know what I mean? You're like, God, I was such a, I'm a, I'm a gem for buying this in the first place, you know? And like you display it and all of a sudden you like, I have to take a picture of this again. And now you, you maybe got better lights than, than when you had initially when you took a picture of this card or whatever the case may be. And I think, you know, that element is the element that you won't be able to take from anybody, despite if the market's up, down, sideways or otherwise. And, um, you know, I, I might just pay it forward. And, and next time, I mean, I don't know, wherever I go, just bring like a, some card and just leave it somewhere and hope it ends up in the right collector's hands. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, maybe that's something we can all, we can all do. And, uh, well, that might be a part of the new show that you'll be announcing later, which is, uh, the, the coach co cardboard hunters, wherein he travels around the city looking for random young guys. <laughs> You'd be shocked at the results all throughout Toronto. So far it's been profitable. So, I mean, I guess it's not profitable as you sell. Now, you did mention we uh, uh, you, we were discussing grading the the sucker. We did. And uh, let's talk real quick about grading right now, since that is a big topic in the hobby as of late when it comes to content. Um, prices dropping. New entrants entering, I suppose you could say. Um, so. And prices across grades surprising people yeah so i think um let's talk a little bit about the the, the grading 
prices dropping and that'll kind of segue into you know whether it's worth it to grade a card still so excuse me um sgc recently dropped prices uh, as early as i think it was two days ago they now offer bulk prices sgc for those of you who don't know was just offering a flat rate i believe it was 30 dollars us a card very fair rate by the way especially given their turnaround times are like a right. day like literally when when they arrive it's like i think two days is what they, they are grading in their sleep turnaround times are right now you know so um they now have bulk prices and the lowest tier of the bulk price and i say tier not in the psa sense but like you need 50 cards to get this level of bulk pricing um is 18 dollars per card which is a great rate very competitive and subsequently put a lot of pressure on psa because almost immediately i think it was the next day psa announced that their collectors club members uh, would have a new $18 bulk submission option. Now, with this $18 bulk submission option, uh, you, of course, have a $199 max declared value, which will forever drive me nuts, um, which means that if a card you grade ends up becoming more expensive than $199, you will be upcharged to the next value tier or whatever the tier that your card falls into is um, and a 120 day turnaround time. Now, a lot of people are getting their submissions back that from the last $18 submission uh, much quicker than 120 days, it seems like. So there's a positive on that note. And as another domino effect, Beckett, who, you know, has otherwise been completely asleep at the wheel, announced that they're running a flash promo themselves on grading and they will be offering an $18. And I don't know what the amount of time is that they'll be offering this promotion for, but they're offering an $18, no subs grading option. And I believe it's a $25 with subgrades option. And, uh, the turnaround times, I think they said four months, four to six months, if I'm not mistaken, I could be completely wrong about that. Um, but now all of a sudden, I mean, not to say that we didn't have options before, but now all of a sudden more people have more options to grade at affordable rates. And I think this is as a result of quite frankly, SGC making the moves that they did over the course of the last year, because I mean, if you do remember, I mean, SGC was uh, around P BGS was around uh, last year. And yet people were opting to send cards to PSA at only the express level submission versus choosing other grading companies. And now all of a sudden, you know, when one company changes prices, that has a, a trickle down effect to other companies. And I think this is amazing for the market. Yeah. Um, SGC there's, there's things going down because, um, you're just going to see so many more cards in the tux. Uh, so many more key cards. There are still people entering the hobby right now. They're getting their hands on big cards and they're going to SGC because uh, they want it fast. And the local level of sending out cards for slabbing. So your LCS that has a deal with SGC or just submits to SGC, their customers are, are seeing how quickly this is happening and how efficiently you and I are always happy with our SGC experiences. We don't have to go into details. We don't have to say we're super ultra happy doing a happy dance, but we're happy. Yeah. Right. Which is worth a lot these days, seeing as how all these companies are generally treating us. It's worth a lot to say, I don't have an issue with SGC. I've had issues with tops for years. I've had issues with upper deck for years. I've had issues with PSA. I've never had an issue with SGC. I've had minor issues and blips with, uh, other companies I dealt with this past year, Beckett, I don't, I barely even want to talk about <laughs> without retching for multiple reasons. Again, beginning with the fact that I do have a lot invested in BGS labs and what I've seen the company do, what they've done to me, how there's zero, like I, at this point for the cardboard coaches, we can, we can say we've personally spoken to a lot of big names, a lot of big individual people. 
we've had conversations with companies um, and their representatives. Uh, Beckett, have you ever had any interaction with Beckett? I mean, beyond the guys at the table when you're dropping something off. Like, I mean, I, I, I haven't even place. gone to the, I haven't even gone to their table. <laughs> and that's like, listen, you go to their table, you meet a lot of nice people. That's fine. But I'm just saying customer service, you're not going to get a response. You're not going to get a response on social media. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, PSA, SGC, a lot of, there's going to be a lot of slabbing going on. Their return times are great. We're kind of getting back to normal after all this time. We have new entrants coming into the space who are in big trouble. Couldn't have picked a worse time. And you can make the argument that HGA was making a bit of a, a, an intelligent move with the timing. You couldn't get anything slabbed by PSA. I don't know why people suddenly, you know, it's like the people with the least amount of, like, how do I word this? People who shouldn't have been doing it got into it at, at the right time. Maybe some of these people should be doing it. And there are some good people involved in these ventures like Tag and Arena. The timing is terrible. Uh, I cannot imagine who would uh, go running right now excitedly to a new entrant when the existing options are doing what they're doing. Would you agree? I mean, and, and even if you go outside those three, I mean, CSG has also done a great job. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, this is a company that's tied to some other big organizations like eBay. It's, it's set in stone for, for some of these companies. So to come in at this point, what are you doing? Because is it not only... Like, is, it a, is it a play to get purchased? Do you want your tech, your tech to be purchased? or your, I don't know what it is. I don't know. That's that's not for the the the, the cartel's uh, uh, area of expertise. I I don't understand what the thought is. I, and and I mean, there's seemingly new grading companies still like on a daily basis. Where you know what I mean? Like, I I it's it's just crazy. I mean, I saw one the other day. Looks like a diamond, literally like a diamond. Um, and that I that one was I, extra special. Yeah, man. All I, I was thinking about is how do you store this thing? How do you display this thing? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I saw a few grades that were like a sevens and sixes. I'm like, imagine, you know, a new creating company giving out sevens and sixes more, more in these, in to, these slabs, like more power to these companies. I don't want to talk about that diamond one because I'm just, I'm going <laughs> to pretend that was a fever dream, but like, you know, there's a, there's another one that started following me today and, and like, it, it looks good. It's a, it is actually a good looking slab. Uh, you know, like, I'm open to it. If you want to get my DMs and like, listen, let me send, I'll send you a Wander Franco base card. Uh, if you give me a deal and I'll look at your slab and I'll talk about it and I'll see your grading standards. Maybe I'll try to trick you. Maybe I'll send you a damaged Wander Franco. Like this is stuff I'm interested in. Yeah. I've already seen examples of tag grading. I'm not going to get into the details right now. People let, let people figure it out themselves. I, I, I am interested in the details like and and, and uh, I'm open to all that stuff. I'm not just I'm not, not going to immediately dismiss. But again, just just, you know, um, speaking um, in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in a in a in an arena of. Of timing, this is a disaster, <laughs> you know. Would you want to put investment money into a grading company right now? No. Well, especially because like, like we just said, like there's, there's some serious competition in the market and like, not to say there wasn't competition before, but the market was probably a little more susceptible to, you know, someone coming in. I mean, we saw it with HGA, right? They came in, they, they saw Their timing they, was they, they conquered for two months and then they, they're suddenly they're, they're, catchphrase for you know where six weeks is six weeks became when yep. six weeks is eight months or nine months right wow. and and it became exactly what psa was doing so then there became no benefit to sending to them versus i mean anything it was worse and, because you and get that was back. the expected part you kind of just kind of stood there nodding and going like you guys are going to have eventually a backlog but then you combine it with the other portion, which is, you know, grading fake cards. And then, of course, like their their defenders, would, well, PSA and Beckett do that kind of stuff. That's fine. But we're missing the point here. If you are going to uh, go 
balls to the wall with with uh you know capital with people involved and these elaborate setups at trade shows um make a big deal about your holder make a big deal about ai technology revolutionize the industry you got to hold to that right like you have to it, the proof has to be in the pudding and there's no company that's done that like you're going to revolutionize the industry you're going to be different than psa and beckett but you're going to you're, you're going to do the same thing and then your your supporters are going to say well it's the same thing but that's not what you said at the beginning at the beginning you said you're going to revolutionize the industry you're going to be different it's just not happened. I don't see it. I don't see it with these new entrants. I don't see it anywhere. I'd love, I, I, the cardboard coaches would celebrate it if we saw it. We'd be like, yo, this thing is going on. And these guys are changing the game. And there's so much consistency. And it looks so good. And they haven't dropped the ball. And they haven't graded any fake Gretzky's. Why can't that happen? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, you know, we saw it with CSG early on where a lot of people were getting cards back and CSG was giving out like eights and eight fives and nines. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened was that the market was like, screw this shit. This, like these people grade even harder and their slabs sell for less. And I think that any new company CSG was That's not a, a new point. company. A um, I, mean, they, I mean, they were of an existing company who had already graded. Um, but you know, any new company starting out is automatically more likely to like generally speaking probably give you more favorable grades because nobody wants to be known for the guys that grade hard and their slabs don't sell or haven't sold yet right like i'll tell you the the card hobby out of all the hobbies that have grading in them this is just anecdotal like if you're a first time submitter for your comic books to to cgc um, it's not all fun and games and lollipops. You're getting back some grades that are lower than what you expected. And you're seeing some tough grading it, cards are the one where people do, you know, like not all the time, but they do get back their first orders and they're like, wow, I got a bunch of gems guys. Easy peasy. Yeah. And, uh, you see that more in cards than anywhere else. And again, that could be the pedigree of the CGC, um, company that, that they do coins, they do comics they do everything right um well yeah, i mean that's a balance that's a good that's a good point that's a balance there where you do want to hook someone and give them value for their money but you also want to show that you are i don't know there's ways to make it not so obvious like well, i said because think about it if you're sending and i'm sorry to interrupt you but like if you're sending and like no disrespect to any of these new companies but if you're sending them cards you're probably sending them cards that aren't crazy valuable right like i mean i think i've seen a pmg which i I guess discredits what i just said but like or stuff that like might have some issues like i know that when i submitted to hga i sent stuff in with like print lines and uh you know like one had a i guess like one was off center like i wanted to know what your parameters are right like i was one of the first people to submit to hga Info. And that's why, and that's why I talk so much shit about them because I'm like, I got them back. I, I, I had a bent warped slab. Like I literally, it was like a fidget spinner for a slab. Um, I, I was one of the first people to do that because I wanted to see, you know, how does this company grade and how does this company grade with these issues? Um, and so I think that that's what happens with a lot of new, a lot of the newer grading companies, right? Like people send, cause I mean, you're, you're not sending and again, this is very generally speaking, but like, you know, you're not going to send in the hottest card that could is like a $10,000 PSA 10 to like tag grading because or arena. Right. And again, no disrespect to either of these companies, um, but it's just not as liquid in that slab. Like someone's buying that to crack it out. You're not getting the same PSA 10 pricings. You just won't like you just won't. Right. So you're. You, know, you don't even that. see these influencers who are on the ground floor of some of these companies that have attempted this. You don't even see those influencers like using their services for a big card, not putting their money where their mouth is. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the PSA nine pricing that the hockey card gong show. Again, uh, these guys put out great content and we're alerting us at least in the hockey market. And it probably does have a translation across the board where, uh, well, you put it into words. Uh, you, uh, yeah, well, so 
I mean, what they did was they dropped the chart of all the prominent young guns. And again, this is just for hockey. But if you look at prices across the board, I'm sure that there is some sort of correlation. Um, and you will see, you know, very similar trends. And that is that PSA 9s sell for either marginally more or in most cases, less than a raw art, uh, their raw counterpart. And, you know, this is something that I've been talking about for a long time, and it's happy. I'm happy that someone's actually put it on a damn chart. Um, and that is, you know, there is such a premium for a raw card. And a raw card, you know, even out of the pack, is supposed to be max, or not max, minimum, a PS, uh, PSA 8, right? Like minimum graded 8, not a PSA 8, whatever. BGS 8, SUC 8, 8, a gra- eight an 8 graded card. And so, you know, and, and especially given the fact that we see so many cards out of the pack with issues, you know, the fact that I see people buying or the fact that, I mean, this information is out there, that people are buying raw cards for more money then their PSA 9 graded counterparts, it just doesn't make much sense to me. And, you know, I know that there's like a chance to get that PSA 10, but if I'm pulling a bit, if I pulled a big card and it's numbered and I'm looking to just like, you know, get as much as I can for that card, I'm not sending that thing into anybody, quite frankly. I'm yeah. probably going to sell that, sell that thing raw. Yeah. I'm probably going to sell it raw because like, you know, it's almost not worth the attempt at a gem. Yeah, and it, as it, we've mentioned, at, at this point in time, with the way grading is proceeding, and I'm just going to remind people, with speed comes its own issues when uh, when the turnaround time gets real speedy and uh, employees are asked to hit quotas. comes with its own issues. There's a lot more unpredictability. I, 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 I firmly said this four years ago. I could write it down to a T what I was getting back. And I'm seeing all sorts of bizarre stuff happening now. You know that little meme James joke about the, the random grader that's get, throwing out sixes? That guy exists. He absolutely exists. And then if you go deep into the blowout card forums, you may hear about someone known as Darth Grader. I am not making this stuff up. That's funny. But yeah, Darth Grader. Um, I wish I was making it up. So you're again in this situation where it's more unpredictable than ever. I've already said I'm receiving nines that I thought should have been tens, tens that I thought should have been eights. It is a thing. I don't like that. I'm as collectors, we like a degree of control, consistency. I do not like not having that control and and things being so random. It's uh, it's a whole anxiety ridden type of thing. And uh, now knowing what's going on with these PSA nine prices, again, that's psychology. The psychology of I have a raw card and we never know what might be. Um, and better that we don't know what might be versus what we do know what it, what it is. It's in a nine slab forever. Not really, though. I mean, people are still playing the crack and cross game. That's Well, I mean, like with, with the fact that there's so much inconsistency, like how is that not more prevalent, though? Do you know sure. what I mean? Like, like and I, I'm not saying that people should go out there and do this, but like it just doesn't make any sense. That a graded card is less than a raw card. Um, and I know that it's been given a nine designation, but like, you know, if we're gonna sit here and say that grading is inconsistent or that, you know, um it, there is a human element involved. maybe we'll see some price fluctuations and settling when it comes to certain scenarios like a PSA nine versus an SGC nine five or an SGC ten. Maybe we're gonna start seeing some things change that may influence all of this i'm just putting that out there i'm using the psa 9 cross to sgc as just an example um but it is interesting and like you said the play on a lot of this new raw stuff is to unless you are a hundred percent certain i just told you about a jack hughes i was a hundred percent certain on it did not get a 10 and it was in an order where my percentage was 70 70 percent gem so Am I going to get less for that Jack now that I would have gotten raw? And if I just sold it, I think so. Uh, do, 
do you want to take it out and try again to get that 10? What if he has a hugely hot start? Do I want to take that out and try it again? Because we've seen young guns double in price. Yeah. You've seen the hockey market. Well, yeah. especially, especially, I mean, we can tie that into the $18 submission, right? Like, I mean, like if you submit like a bulk order and just kind of like whatever, yeah. like if this comes back another nine, I mean, I just wasted $18, but like, and by the way, folks, when I say submit it again, I mean, crack and yeah. submit. I'm yeah. just saying, yeah. I mean, that should be obvious. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, do I just crack this thing out and like submit it again? And it's like $18. So like yeah. at the very least, it would be an interesting piece of information. And, um, you know, just to see how many times, how many times it can get a different grade. Hey, wouldn't this be fun, Coach Co? Like you're a grader at PSA and you come in the morning and you're like, uh, I am going to do my best to represent the industry and fairly grade all of these cards that people really like, love and are important to them. However, with one uh, exception, every 11th card, I'm going to give a six. I don't care what it is. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to give it a six. <laughs> Who's going to argue with me? <laughs> well, if anything, it makes it look like you're doing your job. Maybe, you know, like, right? like, you're, like 10, you're 10, 10, 9. I'm sure like teachers do this too. Your, your like, supervisor is going to be like, looks good to me. If you're a teacher and uh, you listen to this podcast, be honest. Have you ever <laughs> graded like someone's test and been like, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I got to find something wrong here because this guy can't get on or this this girl can't get <laughs> this girl can't get 100 you know what i mean like do you purposely look for things that are wrong towards like at, is there a certain gem rate for answers and for you know maybe a project i'd be curious to hear because i think that like you know inherently you know you, you're like oh man am i not doing a good enough job if like there's like too many rights you know like if yeah because yeah. i mean you yeah. would be looked at like like not you wouldn't be looked at the same with if you're a grader that just gives out a bunch of gems. They'd be like, hey, listen, buddy, like, you know, like what the hell's happening here? Like, where are all the sevens and eights? And the Beckett grader will be like every 11 slab I'm putting in a pubic hair. That, that's what will be going on at Beckett. Or the RCRs are now eight fives, you know? And it, yeah, any, any, RC, any RCR is just eight five. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't care how many gold stickers we gave you at the show that you paid $50 for. You're getting an 8.5 because the surface. Okay? New, new grading sale. 8.5 on all surface. RCRs. Okay. That's awesome. Well, team, <laughs> I, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you were able to take uh, some light from, you know, some, yeah, of the I hope, it, hope it wasn't too dark. No, no, no. I hope you're able to take some light from some of the challenges and some trials and tribulations that are going on in today's sports card hobby. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. Do not forget to like subscribe, comment, share your favorite clip with your friend and uh, cardboard coaches are out of here. Peace.